Thanks to BetterHelp Online Therapy for its continued support of Another Mother Runner. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash AMR. Start living a better life today. Stock up on Noon for the summer. Opt for Noon Sport for all your training runs. Noon Immunity to boost your system. Noon Energy for caffeinated boost. Noon Daily for your everyday hydration and more. Visit Noon Life to receive 20% off your order when you use promo code NOONAMR20. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash AMR. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I'm Sarah Wassner Flynn. And Dimity, I have a question for you. When it comes to training and all of the latest and greatest GPS gadgets, are you team new tech or team old school? Oh gosh, it depends upon which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> um, I so you know lately, Sarah and I have been wearing the Coros. Um, I have a Coros Apex, and I love it. I mean, I love data. I love it, but um, I don't attach too much. Um, importance to it right like I like to see it as I go through it like um when I'm riding my bike I like to see like especially like on the that hill climb that I just did at Iron Horse like I was like okay point one, point one, point one miles you know and I kind of use my watch to see that but um and it's hard because you know like I've talked about it, I was going like five six seven miles an hour um but I've never been like come on Jimmy you can go wait eight, you know, where you can go 10 or whatever. It's, it's more of a point of interest, I guess, to me than a point of self-flagellation. <laughs> That's, um, that makes sense. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Yeah. Um, you know, I go back and forth too. I think I'm with you with the wind. Um, but I, I actually, in the spirit of research for this podcast, uh, I ran a 5k on Saturday night without a watch. Oh yeah. Uh, How'd only, it go? Yeah. Only because my son, Eamon asked me at the last minute if he could wear my watch. And <laughs> so <laughs> he was really concerned about his pacing. And I was like, you know, I don't care. This isn't like serious or anything. Um, and I also have, I run with my phone. So I was like, well, Strava, you know, tell me how fast I'm going. Well, Strava never turned on. So that I mean, user error here. So I had nothing and there weren't clocks on the course. And I was, I had one of my, my good best races in a while. So yeah. I think there's something to be said. And it's crazy because I was like, at the mile one, um, I was going to ask the person next to me, like how fast we were running. So I was just curious. But we also started about a minute behind. Um, my gun time was about a minute off because we were kind of far back in the crowd. And so I was like, whatever this person tells me, it's not going to be my time anyway. And I really just went for like having a good time and looking ahead and trying to, you know, pass people. And I finished and I looked at my time and I was like, well, I haven't ran that fast in a while. Yeah. And I have to say it really changed my mentality. I'm like, now maybe... I'm kind of coming back from a few things. Maybe I just don't need the watch. Um, yeah, I love that. Races, I love that. In races. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think mean, there's a big difference between races and training though. I agree. I agree. And we'll definitely talk about that in this podcast, but mm -hmm. I also think, um, I think we're so scared to lose it, but I think it's so freeing to lose it. Like Grant lost his GPS. I don't know if it, I can't remember what happened to it, but basically, uh, oh yeah, he, th he thought he lost it and then he found it again. But anyway, 
Like, and he went for a bunch of runs and but rides without it. He was like, it was so nice, you know? And I think mm-hmm. we get so hung up on the tech. I will say, you know, after I said that about riding, I will say it is much easier to get hung up on the numbers when you are running because um, it's a little bit, like, I, I kind of know what those, or I got, it was easier for me to get hung up on the numbers when I was running because I knew what the numbers meant. You know, mm-hmm. where in cycling, I don't really feel like I have much stake in the game. I'm not trying to win a race or, you know, you know, um, put myself in some kind of category for racing or anything like that. I'm just out to, mm-hmm. to do the best on that day. But yes, I mean, you know, the difference between if I had a, like a, a run one morning with nine fifteen average splits versus ten fifteen, like mm-hmm. I would always say the nine fifteen is better, <laughs> you know, even though maybe I like was pushing myself too hard to do it. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's, that's hard. And I mean, but going back to you, the other thing that I wanted to share that what made you what made me think about it was you saying I didn't have my watch. One of the best races I ever had was when I mm-hmm. wore an old school Timex. You know, it's when GPSs were available, but I just wore an old school Timex. I can't remember why. And it was like, I still clocked my splits, but the mile was gone. Like, so no mm-hmm. matter what I had done, whether I had run too fast, run too slow, run how I wanted it to, there was nothing I could do about it. You know, I just, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I just, as soon as I passed the mile marker, I just was like, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, yeah. so um, yeah. I kind of like that because you can have a record mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's complicated, right? Because it is very complicated. It's, all, it's so much mental. There's so much mental game. Um, and I knew that as soon as I started running and I, my Strava didn't turn on, and click on and like say running started i was like okay like either you're just gonna run and you know just run and then if you run too fast and you'll feel it and you'll know that you ran too fast in the beginning and you'll feel in the end but like had i known my pace i probably went out pretty fast for what i thought i was capable of had i known that i probably would have been a little bit nervous or i would have freaked sure. out like you're running too fast or the flip side to that is wow look at that pace you're running awesome like you can keep doing this and then it becomes like a big thing in my head and then if i get tired then i start panicking you know there's a whole like roller coaster of emotions that you go through when you're focused so much on time that i'm i took myself completely out of that and i had a positive result not to say you're always going to have a positive result but um I will say, though, more times than not, I mean, you know, just just totally um, anecdotal, but I mean, you know, talking to people at expos or whatever, or, you know, you you sharing that experience. I mean, I've rarely heard someone be like, oh, I'm really bummed I didn't have my watch on other than they wanted to record it, you know, Um, but there's, you know, usually you end up maybe not surprising yourself with your time, but surprising yourself with your experience because you're so much Mm -hmm. more in tune with how your body's feeling and not saying, Oh, I need to go faster. Oh, I need to slow down and letting Mm -hmm. this thing on your watch on your, on your wrist, you know, determine it. Right. Yeah. It was a great experience. So I'm glad that we're talking to two people today, two women we're bringing on to talk more about this and get more into the, the nitty gritty of it. And whether if you're listening right now and whether you can't even imagine running a step without syncing your GPS first, we're hoping that today's episode will offer some insight into the benefits of training without a watch, and in some cases, without using anything, no phone, no Strava, to track your, track your runs either. Yep, seeing that we just celebrated Independence Day in the U.S., what better time to explore the concept of running free or running naked? And, and to be clear, we're not talking about, you know, stripping down, but that's a whole nother, you know, classification of running that we like to, you know, Adrian likes to experience anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so whether, you know, we 
we want to explore the concept of running free and just training by feel without numbers on a screen telling you how you should run. Instead, your body dictates how you run. Of course, we acknowledge the importance of data and feedback when it comes to improving times and fitness levels and sometimes knowing your pace and when to slow down if you took it out too hard can make your runs more enjoyable. But there's a lot to be said for leaving the watch at home and truly tuning into your body. And as our guests are going to attest, the difference can even be life-changing. So first we'll hear from Michelle San Antonio, a mom of three boys who lives in Wakefield, Rhode Island. She's been running for about 14 years, has completed seven marathons, including two Bostons. Michelle recently had an epiphany during a 10K race about running naked. And like Timothy said, don't get the wrong idea. She just simply meant running without looking at her watch. So we brought her on to share about that. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Excited to have you. And we should say Michelle is also an OG around AMR parts. She's been to many of like our race expos. Have you been to a retreat, Michelle? I Yeah, I went to the Cape Cod retreat. Yeah. The Cape Cod retreat. Yep. Sorry. Yep, Sorry. The first one. That. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's start with a 10K you ran about a month or so back. You mentioned that you went into it with zero goals. And sometime after that first mile, you decided you were, quote unquote, done with the numbers game and didn't even look at your watch again until you crossed that finish line. So talk us through that decision. What, what made you made that, made that decision? Yeah, well, the past few, I'll start by saying the past few years, I've sort of been pulling back from racing, um, definitely not racing as much and not really training a lot. So I've, I've sort of been running with not many goals in mind for a while. Um, so that I think sort of set me up to do this. Um, sure, sure. And, you know, I got to the race and I, you know, have all the usual pre-race nerves, even though I'm not competing per se, but you know, it just, that happens when you get there. Um, and in the first mile, I think we all, you know, look at our watch, make sure we actually started it. Is it really working? And then I tend to look at least four or five times in that first mile. Oh, am I going too fast? Did I go out way too fast? Cause it's a race. Oh, should I slow down? Or, oh my God, why am I going so slow? <laughs> you know, and sure. that, that whole internal dialogue just kicks in and it, it, it just goes into overdrive sometimes. And, um, I, I started that process and I looked at my watch, I'm going to say probably three times and it just, I just couldn't do it. I said, yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to spend the whole race you know, questioning whether I'm going too fast or too slow or, oh, what's going to happen when I hit that hill? How much am I going to slow down? I just, I didn't want to deal with any of it. I just wanted to sort of get out of my own head. Yeah. So I said, I, okay, I'm not going to look at my watch again. And I thought it would be hard and it really was not at all. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just about to ask you because I, I mean, it's nope. such a habit, right? To look yeah, at it. But I honestly, I was not even tempted to look at it again. I, cause as soon as I stopped it, I, I just got myself out of that mindset and I felt better almost instantly. Like, yeah. I was like no, I'm mm -hmm. just going to run. I'm Good just going to run today and whatever happens happens, you know? Have you yeah, ever so, run? Oh, sorry, let me ask one more question. Let me end up follow up here, Sarah. Did you have you ever run naked before like that I, in a race? Probably seven or eight years ago, I did a half marathon, um, almost the same situation. I had my watch on and I started it, but I did not look at it. And I like legitimately did. I, I, people probably think I'm lying, but like I honestly <laughs> did not look at it. that time. I think I actually turned it upside down on my wrist. Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't even be tempted. 
Um, and I, that was one of my best half marathons ever, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I actually didn't do it much again since then. But for some reason, this race, this day, I, I just, I, I did not want that constant feedback. Yeah. So, so Michelle, share the outcome of the race and tell us, would you do this again in the, in future races? Is this your, going to be your plan moving forward? Well, yeah. So I actually did do it again. I did a 10 mile race a few weeks ago and I did the same thing. I, you. you know, I checked to make sure the watch was working and then didn't look at it again. Um, and I had another, so the 10 K was, was a great race. You know, I, part of the fun of this I'll say is if you do have your watch on and you don't look at it, when you get to the finish and you turn it off, it's like a fun little surprise, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so what did I do? <laughs> you know, and then you, you know, I got to go back and look at all the numbers. And I, I was really surprised that um, I was able to keep my pacing really consistent, which that really surprised me because not looking at the numbers the whole time, like you go up a hill, you slow down, you know, and your perception of how much you slow down, I've learned is way off from what actually happens. Um, So that I felt was a really good outcome that like I apparently have developed, you know, that innate skill to sort of keep my pacing pretty even. And that was, you know, that felt really good to see that I can do that. Um, And I mean, it was a great race. I I ran, you know, it wasn't a PR. I'm like way past my PR days, but uh, I, I was first in my age group. You know, I ran faster than I thought I would. So it went really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, did the ten, how did the 10 miler go? The 10 miler went really well also. Um, again, like I, I stayed surprisingly consistent, even though it was a longer distance. Um, and I, I ran about I, maybe a little faster than I thought I would run, but pretty much in line with what I felt I was capable of, you know, given the running I've been doing, you know, I can't mm-hmm. even say training cause it's not really training, but, um, and I, and I was third in my age group. So, you know, I'm, it, it's working out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, I don't see any reason not to do it at this point. So right there, that's our anecdotal evidence. You're three, yeah. three, yeah. you mentioned your half marathon. So 10 K 10 mile half yeah. marathon, you know, yeah. I yeah. just, I love it. I love it. Well, yep. um, what about during training runs? Do you, you know, do, do you do the screw the numbers game mentality? Yeah. Does that apply to those two? Or are you still kind of more mindful of your pace or data there? Understanding that you said you're not like seriously training. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do look at my watch during training runs, but, um, but I'm not, again, I'm just not overly concerned right now with what I'm running. So, but I do, I, have the watch on, I look at it and I do like to know kind of where my fitness level is. So it's, it's good to see it during training mm-hmm. runs, but I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I don't check every half mile to see what my pace is. I'm just, I'll just sort of check in at the mile splits and, oh yeah, this seems like a good run. I feel okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like all of it. The- type A listeners out there are probably like, no, yeah. like, no, every single thing. But I totally understand what you're saying. Because like I said, I've been kind of in the same boat with you with like semi training, just running for fun. I don't really know what I'm doing. And sometimes I just don't need to know how fast I'm running. You know, I'm curious. Yeah. And also I think that's that, you know, I just don't need to know when I'm out yeah. there. Um, I can guess, I can pretty much gauge what I'm running. Um, so yeah, I completely understand. Um, you also, 
also mention that this epiphany you had during that 10K kind of applied to other elements of your life as well, kind of letting go of other things. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little? Yeah, I think just kind of, well, it, when I, when I, I'll come back to racing a little bit because it's, it's all sort of like a, uh, almost like a comparison game because, you know, when I used to race, I was fairly competitive, you know, when I was like 35, 37 and every, almost every race, I would find people to chase, you know, like, oh, well, here's that girl in the, in the blue shorts. I'm going to keep up with her. You know, I can't lose her. That's, you know, that's my goal for this race. And, and I, you know, I was the person who would, when I signed up for a race, I look at the past year's results and like, okay, well, what do I have to run if I want to place? Like, what, what's my goal here? Can I, can I get an age group prize? And, and I would sometimes choose races where like, I knew I had a good shot at like winning something. And it was, you know, it was always that, that drive, that competitiveness and, um, I, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm just tired and I'm older <laughs> and I just can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> um, and I just, I feel that way about a lot of things. Like I mentioned to Dimini, like I had, I don't have a ton of gray hair, but I've been coloring it for years and years. I I've had some gray since I was kind of young. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I think I'm sort of over that. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. I have gray hair, like whatever. I just, I, I don't, I'm, I think I'm just starting to realize that like, it really doesn't matter so much what other people think. Like, it's great if I can run a great race and, and place in my age group, but if I don't, that's fine too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even training runs, like I used to, I, if I saw someone else out running, I'd think like, oh God, I'm really tired, but I don't want to stop and walk because I'm a runner and I don't want them to see me walking. But I have so let go of that. Um, I stop and walk all the time now and it's okay because whatever, you know, I just, I feel a lot less um, consumed with what other people think. And just much more like, I'm going to do what makes me feel good and what makes me happy. And mm-hmm. that's, so do you think- I've, I'm just sort of easing into that way of thinking. Yeah. Do you think that's just age, Michelle? I mean, like, I think, you know, I think, experience? A, yeah, I think a lot of it's age. Um, I also, you know, not to get too depressing, but in the span of six months in 2020 and 2021, I lost my dad, um, a very close running friend and my mom. And, you know, losing that many people close to you in a short period of time really makes you just sort of rethink life, you know, and, and you really realize that you need to do the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, running obviously has always brought me joy, but I'm just, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that it's the running itself that brings me joy. It's not the races and the medals and all the other, it's, it's the running, you know, mm-hmm. and I want it to continue to be that. And for me, the way it's going to continue to be a source of joy is to, is to let go of the other things. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think that's sort of where this is all coming from. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, I'm so sorry for those losses. That's such a hard Thank thing you. to go yeah. through, but if you do have running to keep you motivated, yeah. And joyful, yeah, you do it however you can. And um, yep. I completely understand that mentality of just doing it for the joy of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And throwing that watch, you know, turning it upside down. I yeah, know, I, I still yeah. can't believe you didn't at least turn it on, put it on the inside uh, of your watch. Yeah. Michelle, we're gonna have some, we're gonna have some haters coming at you. Like, I know, really? I know. Michelle, San Antonio, I, really? I used to be that person. I believe me, I was for years and years. But um, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, and yeah. if that, you know, at that time, that's what I loved about it. You yes, know, and it's just yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I've changed. It's it's mm-hmm. shifted. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's fun to see. It's fun when you're having a great race and you look down and you can see like, oh my gosh, look at what I'm running. Look at I'm yeah. all, you know, under yeah. whatever, under nine, under 10, under 11, whatever is a great race for you. Like, that's awesome. You know, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. very exciting. And it can also spur you to continue it. Right. Yep. Cause you like, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so now we know that you can run without your watch. Well, more or less. Have you ever gone completely free without your watch on a training run? I haven't done that. Okay. <laughs> I right. haven't done that. Cause I still, I like to know after the fact, sure. <laughs> you know, Yeah. maybe someday though, maybe okay. someday. <laughs> Is there something that you can't run without or, you know, something that you're like, I, I would never give this up. I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I don't typically run with music anymore. So I, you know, that again, that's something I used to do, but, um, not so much anymore now. Mm-hmm. Wow. No. You're so mature. You're so mature. I know. Michelle. I, you have so well, much to learn from you. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, I still have a ways to go, but I have definitely yeah. learned a lot. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. I mean, I love it. You, it, it just, it speaks to you and your the evolution of you as a runner. Um, and I think so many people can relate to that. I was nodding my head along with a lot of things. Yeah, that you were yeah. So yeah, thank you so much. No, and thank you. Good luck can with I, you. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I was just, I want to add one little thing that occurred to me that I heard you talking in the intro, Sarah, about, um, your experience running without running the 5k without a watch. And one thing that really stuck out to me is that once I stopped looking at my numbers in the race and I, and I stopped that internal dialogue, like there was, there were no negative thoughts Mm -hmm. because I didn't have the numbers yelling at me like, Oh, this isn't good. You shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. I was just completely trusted myself to do what was right. So there was no room for those negative thoughts to come in. And I think that was the best part of the experience was that like, I honestly, I just felt good the whole time, yeah. you know, cause I didn't have those little voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had the same experience. My, the race photos, I'm like smiling and yeah. like, you know, and I was working pretty hard, but yeah, same, but hundred percent positive and yeah, yeah, that's where I'm trying. That's what I've been trying to achieve lately as a runner. Yeah. You, know, you you go in these highs and these lows and you're, you know, I just want to be happy and, you know, re- kind of running down the middle of the ground, the middle mm-hmm. ground. I don't need to have the high highs and low lows. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I do sometimes want to know what I'm running, you know, at the same time. And like, and because I started so far back when I crossed the finish line, I was like, well, that's a pretty good time. And then my actual time was like 45 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's even a bigger bonus. I was yeah. like, wow, yeah. this is great. 
but yeah. it doesn't always go that way. So no, but it, yeah. but it's it's very freeing. Yep. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, All right. Michelle. Michelle. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you both. Same here. I drink noon every day, year round, and in the summer I up my intake because it's the season of sweat. Given how much we talk about noon, I suspect you already know noon is electrolyte-rich tablets you drop into a bottle of water to let fizz and dissolve. Each variety of noon contains differing amounts of electrolytes, like noon sport contains more potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium to replace what you sweat out on your run, whereas noon noon daily dials down the electrolytes a bit. I enjoy it while sitting at my desk or running errands. On my recent trip to Montana, I packed orange noon sport to drink on a hiking glacier and while swimming 2,500 yards at the U. To stay hydrated and hopefully healthy while working at the Marathon Expo and driving from Missoula to Glacier, I drank Blueberry Tangerine Noon Immunity. To me, noon is as crucial to pack on a trip as my toothbrush and phone charger. At the Race Expo, I met Lorraine, a dedicated runner from Tennessee, who is working with her coach to banish leg cramps on her training runs. I immediately started singing the praises of noon to her. Whatever flavor or variety of Noon you choose, get 20% off your entire order by visiting NoonLife.com and use promo code NoonAMR20. That's N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E dot com and code NoonAMR20, all one word, to save 20%. NoonLife.com, code N-U-U-N-A-M-R-2-0. As runners, we give a lot of thought to taking care of our bodies, whether it's by foam rolling, strength training, taking a rest day from exercise, or eating lots of fruits and veggies. We should take care of our minds as well because, as we all know, our minds affect how we experience and process life. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. Back in the day, I remember feeling hesitant to do therapy. I thought it was reserved for folks who were truly struggling with a mental illness or a much heavier mental load than I was. But nope, talk therapy can help elevate life and ease daily burdens, even when the mental burden isn't boulder size. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash AMR. That's betterhelp.com slash AMR. Betterhelp.com slash AMR to get 10% off your first month. Have you ever seen someone wearing a colorful pair of flats and thought, dang, those are cute. They might've been Rothy's. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. Rothy's is known for its chic, pointed toe flats, and that's just the beginning. Rothy's has oodles of iconic head-turning designs in bright yet sophisticated colors. Rothy's colors delight me like my Crayola box of 64 crayons did when I was a kid. Plus, Rothy's work great with every outfit. Wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. I was about to tell you how my Rothy's were the first shoes I packed for my trip to Missoula, but then I remembered that that's a fib because I wore them on the plane to Montana because they're so incredibly comfortable, like a slipper, truly. I then sported them all day Saturday at the expo for our podcast recording party and out to a chic restaurant for dinner. And I adore that Rothy's takes sustainability to the next level. All their products are knit with thread made from plastic water bottles. Rothy's has repurposed around 125 million water bottles and counting. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash AMR. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash AMR for $20 off your first order.
So next we have Stephanie Staub, who lives actually right in my neck of the woods in Colesville, Maryland. Stephanie has been running since 2010. She's a Boston Marathon qualifier, and she's also a teacher, and, a, and she coaches cross-country. In fact, our teams, we just found out, are in the same division next year. So that's a fun coincidence. Stephanie has two fur babies who she often takes out on runs. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, thank you for having me. Excited to have you here, Stephanie. Um, so you told us prior to the show that you used to run with your GPS watch every day, but it wasn't good for your mental health, so you eventually stopped. Um, what you want to talk about? Um, what changed mentally once you began to run free? Uh, yeah. So I am, I think, like many runners, kind of a Type A personality. You know, um, straight A student competitive, um, you know, competitive with other people, certainly, but especially, you know, we have a tendency to kind of push ourselves. And so I wore for, for years, the GPS watch on every run, you know, and I, I had paces and goals in mind for every run, you know, even an easy run, you know, if the calculator says, this is my easy pace, that's the pace I should be running. Right. And the thing is, is there's, you know, so many variables, there's heat, humidity, hills, you know, so many things that affect your pace. And what I would find is I would still push myself to hit that pace, despite all those variables, you know, to the detriment of probably in a lot of ways, my physical health, you know, I mean, I was injured at least once a year, um, you know, in my early years of running, and it became kind of like a almost like a job, you know, it became, it kind of sucked the enjoyment out of my runs for me. And so, um, you know, when I eventually ditched the watch and now I do, you know, almost all of my runs without a watch at all, without a phone at all, just, you know, totally naked. Um, you know, it brought me back to the, the enjoyment of the run, you know, and it really allowed me, I think, to tune into the way my body feels when I'm running. And so, you know, if my easy pace is supposed to be 845 and on a particular day, my body says, you've got to run 930 pace, then, you know, listen to my body. And that's what I do. And I don't know what pace I'm running in the end. You know, I have no idea if it was a 930 or an 830, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I think that that has led to, you know, overall kind of healthier running, less injuries, but also just, you know, having so much more fun, enjoying the run so much more, kind of paying more attention to, you know, the nature and the sights around me. You know, there's been, um, for example, a lot of baby bunnies in the neighborhood over the past <laughs> few weeks, you know? Um, and so, you know, just being able to like kind of, you know, stare at the bunnies and, and enjoy, you know, the beautiful sights instead of looking down at my wrist frequently, um, you know, overall was really, was really good. You know, it, not kind of wanting to push myself super hard every single day, I think has had a lot of benefits. Was there a certain moment where you were like, I need to take this watch off, Stephanie? Or was it like an evolution? I'm just curious because I think probably a lot of people can relate to what you're talking about, but um, are uh, maybe too not sure how to cut the cord. Yeah, I mean, I think in part it was an evolution. You know, it was a process where there were days where the watch wasn't charged or, you know, I forgot it or whatever. And I found like, oh, this, this is kind of fun. This is kind of nice not having the watch. But for me, there was actually a pretty obvious turning point, which was when I ran the Boston Marathon, actually, in 2016. Um, I had been for several months prior injured and unable to really train in any way that I would consider adequate for the race, you know. And so uh, 
for the longest time, Boston had been my singular focus and my singular goal. And so, you know, just making it to the race was so exciting for me. And um, I didn't have a goal for the race itself because I wasn't in shape. And I really did just want to enjoy all the things that came with Boston. You know, I wanted to, to high five the kids and um, drink the beer at Heartbreak Hill and kiss the girls at Wellesley, you know, which I, I think is probably not happening after COVID anymore. But um, <laughs> so I, I knew I wasn't going to hit a good time in the race. You know, I knew there was there was no chance I'd run anything good and I wasn't trained and I did want to enjoy it. So I just left everything at home and I ran Boston totally naked and I had a great experience. Um, you know, my only regret is that I, I wish I had more photos from the race. You know, I have like one photo my ex-husband took like near the finish or something, you know, but it, I just, I had so much fun and it wound up being the second fastest marathon I ever ran. Um, so it was, yeah, it was eye opening for me. It was kind of surprising that, oh, like, you know, I can, I can run a race and run a decent time without, that aid of technology, you know? And so, um, you know, after that, just kind of going through the injuries off and on for way too long, um, you know, it just, I just kind of never came back to it after that, you know? So when you were, you were in Boston in 2016, were you able to look at the clocks on the course and kind of figure out where you were? Cause that's a long time to be out there without knowing your pace. That's a good question. I mean, there had to have been clocks at least at the halfway point, right? I don't really remember. Um, you didn't pay attention. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have looked at them. If they were there, wherever, whatever, you know, checkpoints that there were clocks at Boston, I definitely looked. Mm-hmm. I think I definitely had a sense of like, oh, I'm running a pretty decent pace. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if I had had a, a closer sense, I think I was in the end something like 45 seconds off from qualifying again. <laughs> um, if I had really known, I would have run 45 seconds faster. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really recall, actually, to be honest. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned injuries. And have you seen that you've been healthier, like, you know, holistically, not only, you know, physical injuries, but also just emotionally, have you been healthier since going free? Uh, mentally the most overall, definitely. Um, cause I'm not, you know, beating myself up on every single run I do about whatever my pace is. Um, but physically for sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say, I just got back to training at the beginning of this year for the first time in five years. Um, I kind of had like a little triathlon break there, you know, um, little, side detour there. Um, and so, so far I have been rebuilding my mileage, you know, very gradually since the start of the year. And I have done that without any, you know, issues physically. So, you know, it's too soon for me to really say for sure that running all of my runs without a watch is keeping me healthy, but so far it seems to be, you know, making a difference. Yeah. Are you training for a specific race now? Or are you just more focusing on running? Um, I do have a goal in mind right now. Um, I am trying to qualify for New York Marathon, for the New York City Marathon, which you can qualify with a half, actually. And it's just a few minutes faster than my PR. Um, so there's a, actually, the DC Roadrunners puts on a very inexpensive half marathon in December that I would, I guess I would refer to as my goal race right now. Okay. But right now, like I said, I'm kind of in the rebuilding phase. So I'm just trying to get back to the fitness I had five years ago for now. I would be happy with that at the moment, you know? 
Sure. So mostly I'm just doing some like 5k park runs, you know, and running those without a watch too, which is really fun. And, um, you know, just trying to get back to some semblance of fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to touch on a little bit about how running free takes you out of the comparison game, which can also be pretty mentally draining. So I was thinking about this because when I posted at the feelers out about this podcast, I got quite a few comments of like, oh, no way, Strava or it didn't happen. You know, that's what everybody says, right? Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. But, um, you know, I was wondering if removing that layer of comparison on social media, was that like a contributing reason to why you chose to go tech free? Uh, I don't think so much it was a comparison with other people. I, I am on Strava. But all of my all of my runs are uploaded manually, and the pace is totally made up. I mean, it's not made up. It's it's a very decent estimate, very decent, you know, close guesstimate. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know so much that it's really other people. Like I, I don't feel the the pressure to keep up. And part of that I think is so many of my running friends uh, are probably slower than me anyway. <laughs> so so I mean. It's, it doesn't feel like, like if anything, I almost, I feel embarrassed if I upload a faster thing because it feels like I'm, you know, like showing off or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. for me, it's really, it's, it's more the comparison game to myself. It's kind of like, oh, I used to run tempo runs at this pace, but today my tempo run was that pace. And that's, that's embarrassing for me. Hmm. You know? Were you, were yeah. you a track athlete in high school and college, Stephanie? No. So my high school, I went to a charter school in the Detroit area where I grew up and we didn't really, sports was not a major thing that was in the budget where I grew up. Okay. Then I went to College Park, University of Maryland College Park. I, I, I ran off and on. I, I was not really a runner yet at that point okay. in college. So, so not you, competitive. You formed your like ideas about your fast probably in your, in your 20s, I would imagine then mostly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'm curious. So you, so you've got this goal that definitely has a number attached to it and uh, holding it lightly, right? You're not necessarily, we're not holding you to that, you know, um, New York city marathon qualification, but are you curious about like, like how fast you're going during a training run or how many miles you run? Like, I mean, are we just like, I mean, you say you put them into Strava manually, which I love that it makes me feel like you're using like an abacus or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, mileage, I do keep track of. I, I can run any distance between one mile and nine miles in my neighborhood without a watch. Cause I just know the routes, you know, I like mapped them out ahead of time sure. on map my run. So today I did seven miles and I, I just, I know exactly the house to turn around at, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and so, so the mileage I keep track of, you know, just so I'm making sure I'm kind of doing a, a build gradually. I would say the only time that I'm still right now using a GPS watch is when I do some types of speed work. Um, if I'm on the track, it's, you know, like a little Timex watch. Uh, if I'm uh, doing like a fartlek, you know, same thing. It's like a little Timex watch. But if I'm doing like any sort of like tempo runner speed work off the track, then I, I usually will right now still bring a watch because I want to know, um, you know, I want to make sure I'm not going too fast. and I want to sure. make sure I'm not, you know, going too slow. But I think that's actually the next step for me um, that I'm thinking about in my evolution this summer. It's kind of playing around with maybe doing some watchless tempo runs too. Cause I think I have a good feel 
for like what, you know, tempo pace feels like. And I think with the weather in the summer, it's really hard to hit a certain pace anyways. So it seems like the perfect opportunity to to kind of experiment, you know, and then um, see what happens with that. But right now, yeah, I still do want to know if it's like a speed work thing, I want to know what my pace is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's wait. Let, let yeah. me just back up for one second to the Boston Marathon because, um, I mean, I know you said it was, you were very close. It was your second fastest marathon and you still, you know, maybe kiss the girls and high five people. But I mean, how in tune were you with your body? Because the, you know, I, I'm just curious because that's really, I don't know, like it's a lot, like Sarah said, it's a long time to be in touch with your body. And I'm just curious if it felt significantly different than other runs. Um, I wouldn't say it felt significantly different. I think the thing for me is like, I feel very fortunate because I think I am very in tune with what pace I'm running. Like I have a very good feel of what certain paces feel like. And that in part, I think just comes from, you know, over a decade of running experience myself with the watch, to be fair, you know, yeah, sure. there were, there were enough days where enough years where I ran with a watch and I got a sense of like, this is what this pace feels like. Also a little bit from coaching. Um, you know, I pace the runners on my team in runs and workouts a lot. And so that I feel like I've just gotten really good at knowing like, oh, this is what 830 pace feels like. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's not uncommon for me to you know, like at Boston, I, I probably could have estimated my pace within 20 seconds per mile, probably. I, you, if you had asked me, I probably could have told you within 20 seconds, you know. Um, so it's not uncommon for me to take, you know, kids out on a run and we shoot for a certain pace and I'll be within 10 or 20 seconds of that pace without any sort of technology. So that that's my superpower, you know. Yeah, that's a gift. That's totally a gift. It, you know? it is. In the elite running world, you you get paid a lot if you could just hold a pace like the rabbits do, right? Yeah. You can hold, like, you know, four forty per mile. You you got a good, <laughs> got a job. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. a pace, you know, we since we belong to, probably to the same running groups, um, you could do like a you know half, parks half marathon. You could be a pacer because um, yeah, I'm really yeah. curious about that because mm-hmm. um, I ran Cherry Blossom ten miler this spring for the first time. Um, it's like a rite of passage, I think as a Washingtonian, you know, yeah. it was really amazing. It's really fun. And I, I ran with a pacer. They had pacers in the race and I ran the whole race almost right behind this girl. Um, I, I think literally it was like nine and a half miles before I was like, oh, I should probably, you know, pick it up a little bit now. But I, I stayed with her the whole race and it was, I was so grateful to have her there. And yeah. I enjoyed having somebody else keep track of the pace for me so much. Um, that now I would really be curious, yeah, to, to kind of do, you know, you could, for other you could do it. I'm sure you could uh, put some feelers out for that. Um, yeah, just to touch on what you were saying, I feel like when you go out without a watch and like, if you know, pretty much, you know, experience matters a lot here, it can like, you know, for me, if I think I'm running eight thirties and I look down, I'm running nine, like that completely changes like my mentality. It could actually like make me in a bad mood, which running should never do. Running should always make you happy. So, you know, there's so much to be said about that. And I love the idea of just going out and just knowing like, okay, I'm going to run within this time frame, maybe a little faster, maybe a little slower, but the result is going to be the same, no matter what I got the distance in, I know the distance. Um, 
Yeah. I love that. I love it. And, um, it reminds me of like, you know, the old school days when my dad used to drive the course after I ran, cause I was like, I want to know how much I ran. Can you go do the loop with the car? And then, you know, coming back and reporting and we ride together and like, go get a slushy or something afterwards. So <laughs> I think taking it back old school, there's a lot of charm and, you know, positive. Uh, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I've done that, but it's, it's like now, you know, you hop on mattmarron.com and exactly. like, how far did I run today? You know, now we can do everything on Google maps, but yeah, back in the the nineties, my dad or my mom would take me out and I'd they'd be like, which way did you turn here? And I'll be like, I don't remember. I think it was left. I think then it was a right. And then we went <laughs> through the woods. And so we got yeah. it. There's a gauge for it, but um, things are so different. And like you and I are both high school coaches, and I see that so many high school runners are very dependent on their watches and races. Um, which I, you know, I'm just like, just take the watch out, take the watch out of it. Don't run with your watch, um, especially in races. But you know, technology is what it is. They're really, really tied to it. I feel like the kids I coach, if anything, have been part of my inspiration for running watch free because you know, earlier in my coaching years, first of all, they weren't allowed to wear GPS watches and races. So mm-hmm. they had to go kind of blind and we'd stand at the mile mark and shout their mile time at them, you know, like, this is your mile. Like, you need to slow down and just speed up, you know? Um, but also the school I teach at is uh, not, you know, not that different from yours. And we're about 50% free and reduced lunch. And so um, there are still quite a few kids on my team who can't even afford like a little Timex watch. I mean, I, I've given away as prizes for hitting certain times and bets I've made and stuff. I've given away Timex watches of my own, you know, to runners. I am seeing a lot more kids these days with the GPS watches though, even though our school is kind of, you know, lower income, um, I'm starting to see those mm-hmm. become more common and the kids becoming more dependent on them or they're loading, you know, like Strava on their phone and oh, yeah, makes, me, makes, Strava. makes me a little bit sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final question for you, um, Stephanie. So now that we know you can run without your watch, what is one thing you cannot run without? Shoes. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't oh, if I could run naked. Um, sunblock. Uh, yeah. um, I, for me, not just in running, but in all things, the fewer things I'm wearing and the fewer things I'm carrying. Like I don't carry a purse, you know, either, um, mm-hmm. the better. So, um, in the summer, I think my answer would be a good hat and some sunblock mm-hmm. in the winter, obviously it would just be some good gloves to keep my hands warm. Yeah. <laughs> All the essentials. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, this is fascinating, Stephanie. I think that you rock and I hope that your naked slash free running continues to bring you a lot of success in the future. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you in real life pretty soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Take care. Thanks for having me. We love a good race report around these parts, even if it's not a true race. And so when Sarah and I were at the run show in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, we met this great woman named Sue. She was there with her friend from Wisconsin and she was about to head up the Yosemite Half Dome and was clearly very nervous. And so, you know, we talked through all the things that would help her get up there starting early and, you know, not looking down on the cables and all this stuff. And um, so I think it's fun to hear how people's days go. So um, here is a little voice memo she left for us after her successful day on Yosemite's Half Dome. Hi, Dimity. This is Sue from Wisconsin. I met you and Sarah at the run show in Chicago, which was honestly one of the most fun things getting to sit through your live podcast. 
And while there, I told you that I was getting ready to hike Half Dome at Yosemite. You were so kind and encouraged me and told me I would be okay when I was scared to death. And I just want to let you know that we had the most perfect, wonderful day. Everything went just so well and I had no problem on the cables or anything and just did great with my husband, my son, and my daughter. So you were right that I felt totally empowered and strong and it was one of the greatest days ever. So thank you so much for your help and encouragement. Bye.